Like, so wait, why do they work? Answer that question. So, like, so let's let's take one. So like the forward leaning inversion. You you kind of, you put your knees at the end of a bed, and you put your forearms on the ground, and you're kind of inverting yourself. And the idea is that you are releasing the ligaments in the front of the uterus. So if one of those ligaments is tight and the other one's not, like that's going to affect baby position. So we hang. Okay, we but that's release. something you can take care of from the beginning of a pregnancy. Yes, you can also address right. that through okay. how you move your body. Welcome to the One Strong Mama podcast, the no BS show that's not afraid to get real about all things pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and beyond. We're talking with visionaries who are challenging the status quo and changing the world one pregnancy and one birth at a time. I'm Lindsay McCoy, mama four, exercise physiologist, doula, and childbirth educator. My passion is making pregnancy, childbirth, and recovery better. And I'm also passionate about coconut LaCroix. And I'm Lauren O'Hayan, a mom of three girls, lover of all things tropical. I have never had coconut LaCroix, and I am known for my work with the core and pelvic floor. Hello, hello. This is Lauren O'Hayan, and I am joined by Lindsay McCoy. We are the One Strong Mama team, and today we are interviewing each other. <laughs> today we are talking about <laughs> optimal fetal positioning, and Lindsay is really the master expert on that topic. So, Lindsay, thank you so much for joining us today in our conversation. Yeah, I thanks love, for having me. I love me. your Instagram <laughs> account. And I love everything you do. I love your program and your Instagram, and I love your hair. And thank you for coming on our show. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, it's it's fun when it's just us. We can just like go for it. Let's do it. So we did this um, webinar a few months ago, and. I was manning the chat group, the chat box, and every single question it felt like was about optimal fetal positioning, even to the point that there were all these acronyms that I'm not even aware of because <laughs> I feel like you take on the, you're really like the face of one strong the mama and the stuff. voice. You're like yeah. everything. Yeah. So I was like, what, I don't even know what they mean. Um, but people, it is a really hot topic. Can you talk to us about um, what, what, what is optimal fetal positioning? Yes, that's a good way, place to start. So optimal fetal positioning is the idea that there are positions that the baby finds in the belly that are easier for them to make their journey through the pelvis. So you probably saw if someone say like OP or LOA. Yes. So like, yes. um, yes, maybe we'll add to the show notes, a link so people can find all of those different positions. So like OP is occipit posterior. So it's talking about the occiput on the baby's head and posterior, meaning they it's, it's also sometimes called sunny side up. So like the baby's spine, it's hard to do on a podcast. Cause I can't like I'm like doing it with my hands. I was hands. about to say, why, why, why don't you have your baby model? And then I was like, wait, it's a podcast yeah. and not a video. That's exactly. Why. But I think people will get it. Like baby spine is against the birthing person's spine, their head, the, the, um, head tends to be a bigger surface area versus when the baby's spine is in the front and the spine tends to be, they say LOA or ROA. It tends to be the best when it's kind of to the side a little bit. So LOA left occipit on anterior, because that's just the place where, where they tend to get through easier. Now we can hyper obsess about it. So everyone's pelvises are shaped a little bit differently. So sometimes we can really hyper-focus on the one right position when 
hey, maybe someone has a roomier pelvis from front to back and posterior is not an issue for them. But for other people that don't have that, it could present an issue and definitely cause longer labor, back labor, things like that. So hold on, wait a minute. So the optimal position, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. is the LOA? Yes and no. Like I don't like to, it it varies. Like it varies based on pelvis shape, but in general, that is most of the time the best position. Is that something you're finding? Because I I had my babies a long time ago. (laughs) Okay. So my last baby was born 11 years ago. I don't, I feel like my midwife didn't spend a lot of time talking to me about that. Like she wasn't like your baby's in a bad position, good position. I don't remember hearing that I was LOA or ROA or. I think so the pendulum has swung from one side to the other. So I think not a lot of people were talking about it. 10, 10 years ago. I mean, I'm in like the Mecca for baby positioning in Minneapolis. So I've, you know, I've been a doula for 12 years and I've always known about it, but it's been more getting more and more mainstream over the last probably 10 years where it get it's gotten to the point where it used to be like, Oh, if you just move your body, like your baby, like it, it's fine. We don't worry about that. We have no control over it. That was, that is still some people's opinion. Like we have no control over it. And now it's swung the other way where people are, you see it in our group, people like months before they give birth are like, Oh "Oh, shit, my baby's OP. What do I do? And like, I say, your baby still has space to move around. Like they, they will go from OP, you know, you see how much they move as the baby gets further and further to the, as you get closer and closer to the birth, then yes, we do want to be aware of what we're doing. But like, I know we're probably going to talk about in this podcast, like we, we have a very reactive approach where you and me, like we always talk about how we are a proactive approach, right? So like you get to like the last four weeks of pregnancy and you get to the birth and you have all these like fancy things to do to like spin your baby. And I am reactive approach. Exactly. And I'm not against those things. Like I do those things. I have them in my back pocket, but like, I think we said this on the webinar, like my goal is for you to have an like an efficient birth, a boring birth, like a birth where you don't have to do all those funky techniques. Like I know all the techniques. The funny thing is people always hire me because I know those techniques, like someone who pushed for five hours or had a cesarean and they're going for a VBAC or like, I get all of those. Those are like my main clients and they hire me because I know all those tricks, but then we do enough in pregnancy and they, you know, they also tend to hire me and they do one strong mama and all these things. And and often we don't need those things. They just show yeah. up and they like, oh my gosh, Linda, babies like I was, are coming into a okay position. Yeah. And it was because we, in my opinion, we provided a more proactive approach. So the thing that I like for people to know is like, you Hold don't, on, because one yeah, second. Hold on to that thought. Yep. Yeah. Because I want to come at it from the perspective that a lot of our people might be coming at it, which is like, they don't know very much about this. So yes, that's why I, it's perfect. Because Because the elements that play into, like you're saying that with your clients, you don't have to be that reactive, which I've seen. Yeah. I get emails from our, so my RYC people who do our OSM then come back and report back to me privately. And a lot of them do talk about how one of the main things, benefits they got was a much easier birth, right? Like great positioning. And so 
But I do want to make it clear that like the things that you're talking about are how like the elements that affect it are what like pelvic mobility. Oh yeah, or, this is a good question. Yeah, like they're like, can you be more specific with why is it the things that you're doing? Yeah, ahead of time because you're not just doing like a triangle pose and a down dot. It's not about yeah, just yeah. move your body. There's like an intentional totally. approach, right? Yes. So like, let's, let's talk proactive versus reactive. Like what we do proactively versus what the reactive is. So the reactive is like, let's quick do these moves that will like quick rotate the baby, like things like that. Um, the proactive approach we look at, okay, why, why is baby finding these positions? So we, the way we hold and move our body affects the position of our uterus. So like our, our uterus is attached to our pelvis. And our baby is inside our uterus. So anything you're doing that is like causing a, like a tip or a torsion, or like say you're an over tucker, or you always hike your hip to one side or cross your legs, that's going to affect the position of your pelvis, which is going to affect as we all like, I'm, I might, <laughs> I literally have crossed legs right now. And I'm sure you do too. I just so changed we're, mine. So we're not saying like, it's My evil uterus. to cross your legs. It's more like, okay, what are you doing with your body? Most of the time. Yeah. And not just, okay, hyper obsess about your body position, but let's do movements that create that, that mobility and that ability for your pelvis to be more neutral. Most of the time, mm-hmm. also your rib cage, your core, like it's all connected. So the Instagram post I just did today was like the ribs stacked on top of the pelvis, why that is good for the core system. Mm-hmm. Like when the core system is stacked, it works best. When we thrust yeah. our ribs or tuck our pelvis, it goes out of alignment and you could go yeah, like, like either way, the arrangement of everything. Yeah. Or you like, you always yeah. hold your, uh, purse on one shoulder and your whole body, like we're like doing all the moves, which is funny, but your whole body, like tips to that side most of the time. And so a lot of people say, which I like go to the chiropractor and get adjusted. Chiropractors are great. I love chiropractors. I I'm love hoping this, they're great, but you also need to ad- address why you need to go there in the first place. Cause if you're getting yourself adjusted and then you're going back into holding your purse this way and hiking your hip this way and thrusting your ribs this way, like your pat, you have to repattern. And so that's our goal, yeah. right? Yeah. And it's interesting because in, similarly, I was working with a woman this morning who I was at my gym and she's one of the trainers and she was like, you're the SI joint goddess. Like, can you help me? <laughs> and are. I was like, okay. Um, so like I saw a lot of asymmetries and I was working mm-hmm. with her and there was another trainer looking on who wanted to learn. And mm-hmm. so, and at one point I was like, well, look at how her pelvis is just tipped. Like as mm-hmm. she's standing, she's really heavily preferencing this tipping of her pelvis. Like what we want to do is get her pelvis to like be less tipped. Exactly. And his response was, oh, is that like her hamstrings pulling her down? And I was like, well, let's not spot treat. Like we're in yeah. such a culture that's like, yeah. You know, and as I was working on her, he, his questions kept being like, okay, so wait, should I be working on her glutes? And I was like, well, <laughs> yes and no. I mean, it's like that same thing of yeah. like, well, I mean, we're not spot treating. We're really trying to create balance in the system yeah, so that the parts can find integrity. And it's yeah, the same thing exactly. when there's a uterus and a baby. Like- so the, and, and actually I, I think I just said this on Instagram in the story a couple of days ago, I was basically like the beauty of this work is the same stuff that makes your baby have a better position also helps your core function better and helps your pelvic floor to function. So the beauty of it is it's not like you have to do your spinning babies. And now you have to do your 
Kegels. Mm-hmm. And now you have to do your squat. Like it's all the same stuff. And so, um, yeah, that's, that's how I like to look at it. And I look like to look at it also as our job is not to spin our baby. Our job is to create space and balance for them to navigate. So babies are mm-hmm. super wise and babies want to find oh, I love the that. best position. Yeah. Like our, like we can't man. I mean, you could like they do when someone's breached, they will manually rotate them, but like you just need to open up that space and then they mm-hmm. rotate. So that's why I don't really worry if someone's baby is posterior at 30 weeks because probably the next second they're not because they have enough space. But as they get closer and closer to the birth, if they're always in the same position, like they're never not posterior, like they're kind of, then you wonder if they're stuck there. So that's when I'll sometimes in a, just in addition to the stuff we've been doing the whole pregnancy, that's when I'll like throw in some extra techniques just to try to like acutely open up that space. Okay. So I want to hear about those, but, um, I did get a question that came in a few weeks ago from somebody via email that was like, can you, uh, so optimal fetal positioning is so important to me. And could you tell me what I should be doing? Like when I'm 20 weeks pregnant versus what Mm -hmm. should I be doing at 38 weeks pregnant? Like, I just like, so to you, I guess I'm curious to know, like, what are the techniques you use as a last minute fire drill? Yeah. And then what are the things that are you using with your clients throughout? And I feel like you've been touching upon it. Yeah. I think that repetition is a great idea. And, um, and just maybe walk us through like the integrity of not the integrity, the kind of ideology behind the things that you suggest. So could you kind of give us, cause I know a lot of doulas and midwives and even chiropractic doctors listen to this podcast. So it'd be good to be able to be also explain like, what's the logic behind what you choose. So like if you're 20 weeks and you want to do like, get like, start, as you said, proactively, what are you doing? So basically if you, if you want to boil it down to like one thing, which is not one thing, as you know, it's like optimizing the function of the core system and the Mm -hmm. core system includes, you know, the breathing, the diaphragm, the pelvic floor, the core, the back, like it's this whole system working together, you know? So you have to look at, it, it feels complicated, but it's not, you have to look at making that whole thing be optimized. And there's a couple of ways we do that. We have a five pillar approach as you know, cause you invented it with me. So it's like upper body mobility. So people forget about the rib cage because they're so focused on their pelvis. Cause that's where the baby's maybe going to come through. And so they forget if your rib cage is restricted, that is going to cause issues with breathing, which is going to cause issues with that whole system coordinating well. And the rib cage actually needs to expand during pregnancy. And so a lot of people are wearing really tight bras that restrict that we have a lot of Mm -hmm. just tension there. Mm -hmm. And so the very first thing is like getting some upper body mobility. This episode is brought to you by the One Strong Mama program, the game-changing prenatal and postnatal program that prepares the body for pregnancy, birth, and beyond. Based on the Body Ready Method, teaching birth and fitness pros how to assess and train prenatal clients. Go to onestrongmama.com to learn more. And then the second thing, you know, the, the next one is the pelvis. So like I touched on, like getting that pelvis more balanced. So yes, sometimes that includes, usually it includes a lot of glute strengthening because we have very weak glutes because we shift our bodies forward and turn them off and not turn them off, but you know what I mean? So like yeah, glute muscles strength, don't turn off. 
but we yes, know exactly. <laughs> it's just the way of like helping people understand, like it's, they're not as used. They're not as star of a show as they should be. So like, we want to get the glutes doing their job in that thing, that whole system, you know, getting that whole posterior chain opened up, you know, from the plantar fascia, the bottom of the feet, up the calves, mm -hmm. through the mm -hmm. hamstrings, this thing, if anyone is a nerd and knows this, they get a good start through the sacrotuberous ligament, which if that ligament is tight, the pelvis has a hard time opening up during the pushing phase all the way up that goes up to the top of the head. So like getting that whole chain opened up. So that's involving lots of fascial work. Um, so that's the pelvis, the pelvic floor, getting that pelvic floor optimized. If the pelvic floor has some like imbalance from side to side, sometimes that baby can come in with their head tipped to the side or their chin, not tucked, which bigger surface area, less efficient, more work. Mm -hmm. And so we want to do that. So optimal fetal position also in, involves like the position of the baby's head. Um, and then we want to look at their movement patterns. So like we said, like, how are they moving through the day? How are they sitting? How are they, you know, and not in a way of like, this is the right position to be and always force yourself to be in that and never move. Um, I get a lot of um, people planning, let's say a vaginal birth after cesarean or other births where they had a really traumatic previous birth. And those people more than anyone tend to really hyper obsess, like not sitting for weeks before they give birth. And I get yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I get it because they had a really traumatic experience. They want something different, but sometimes you can hyper obsess and you need to just like take a deep breath and just do your best. <laughs> I also <laughs> think they're like, I have a client who had to move cross country very late into her pregnancy. It was not expected. Hashtag COVID, oh, COVID gosh, yeah. issues. And so she was, she was like, what can I do? I, like I'm, we're driving, you know, like four days cross country. And, um, I gave her a lot of tips about, you know, sitting on her sitting bones and exactly. using a lumbar support and, you know, even tucking and tilting in the car and doing yeah. hip circles in There's the a car. Lot. It's so much every time There's a lot you can do. I mean, yeah. So for, as opposed to feeling stressed, because I feel like stress has the magnitude of, you know, it's beyond. So, you know, there's some, think about what you can do. And so if you are having to sit a lot, you can also counteract that in a variety of totally. ways. Totally sit better, switch positions throughout the day. There's lots yeah. of things. So we're just looking at like movement patterns, like, and then the last one is the core. So getting the core, the core will support baby's position. So we talk sometimes about the pendulous belly, like people whose bellies really hang forward and getting that yes. core to support the uterus better is good. And then some people, in addition to like the core supporting, it may also need like a support band to kind of help that belly angle to help baby's position. So, so that's our five pillar approach. So it's the core, the pelvic floor, the pelvis, the upper body, and the movement pattern slash alignment. And so, um, if we can get all of those things kind of working together, it's going to help balance this system and balance the uterus. And then the baby's just going to naturally find that right position. So like for me personally, I didn't do like, they'd be like, Oh my gosh, Lindsay didn't do forward leaning inversions during her pregnancy. What? Like that you can't have a baby in a good position. If you don't do the forward leaning inversion, like people would call it like it's blasphemy. And I'm like, I didn't need to, like, I didn't feel that I needed to, like we get so 
prescriptive of like, do these three exercises or your baby's position will be wrong. And I mean, not end of the pregnancy or during labor end of pregnancy. So what a lot of people, and I'm, again, I'm not against this. I just want us to also be proactive. There's a lot of like, these are the exercises you do like starting at, I don't even know what's usually recommended. Like 36 weeks, you start doing your forward leaning inversion and your belly sifting and your sideline release. And I love these techniques, but I find like, there's nothing magic about those techniques. Like that you shouldn't be starting them sooner and then incorporating them into a workout program that prepares your body while getting those benefits of the techniques. So yeah, we get so focused on like, oh my gosh, you have to do these three techniques, but like, we don't really know, well, why are we doing them? Like if I ask someone like, why, if I ask like a doula, why are you having them do that? They may say, because it'll get their baby in a good position, but, but like, why, like, why, what, what about that causes that? So like the sideline release, for example, which I love those and do I will, work right to some degree. They work. They do. So like I have them in my back pocket. I use them at births and I do sometimes do them at prenatal visits. And sometimes I do think they help, but I also think they help the client feel like, so wait, why do they work? Answer that question. So, like- so let's, let's take one. So like the forward leaning inversion you, you kind of, you put your knees at the end of a bed and you put your forearms on the ground and you're kind of inverting yourself. And the idea is that you are releasing the ligaments in the front of the uterus. So if one of those ligaments is tight and the other one's not like, that's going to affect baby position. So we hang. Okay. But that's something you can take care of from the beginning of a pregnancy. You can also address that through how you move your body. So, okay. So keep, sorry. I just wanted to put that out there. No, that's good. I love it. I like that we have different, like you ask the right questions because sometimes I'm so deep in this that I don't realize that that's no, not, no, no. it's what you've been saying the whole time. Yeah. So let's not argue about how awesome we are. <laughs> so oh, any day. Uh, um, um, so, okay. So that, that forward leaning inversion is helping with the ligaments that could be tight. Exactly. Okay. That's why that's working in the moment. Do people do go into labor knowing the position of their baby? That, that's Some, a question. Yes and no. we got. That's a good question. I mean, like as a pregnant person, sometimes it's really hard to know. Like, and I'm someone who does this. And when I was pregnant, I'm like, I don't effing know. Like there's just a lot of wiggly moving, hmm. bumping around parts, but so like, yeah. But midwives so, or providers would know. Yes, they should be able to know. I will say that more and more providers are losing the art of like hands-on feeling and knowing, mm. especially OBs because they are more apt to just go to the ultrasound. Mm-hmm, but honestly, mm-hmm. if your provider doesn't know and you want to know, like make them figure it out. <laughs> I don't know. Like I, re- I remember one time I had a client who came to my, she was in my, uh, childbirth class. And I was her doula and she came to the, to the childbirth class. I think she was like 37 weeks pregnant. And she goes, my baby, my, uh, doctor said my baby might be breech. And I was like, maybe (laughs) like they didn't give you like, cause if they're breech right now, we need to know because we need to wrote, we need to see if we can get them ahead down. Your your doctor doesn't do breech vaginal birth. So like, we need to, we need to be proactive about this. And she's like, well, he felt the top and said, that's either a butt or a head. (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, wait, but this which one? And the thing is, you don't want to do, you don't want to spin a baby that's already head down. Right. So I had her, she went back and got like an ultrasound to confirm and her baby was head down. So like, thank God we didn't get her on a ironing board and flipped her and did all the things you sometimes do have to advocate yourself and advocate for knowing. But I do think 
it's helpful to know, but also don't hyper stress about it. Right. Like, I don't know. There's a, I think there's a I agree with you. It's so possible like any of this work to become obsessive and hypervigilant and exactly. very much gets in the way of the process because all of that tension translates into your body. Yeah. And, and I, if you are holding a lot of tension in your pelvic floor, that's not yeah. going to be ideal for birth either. So you want to get out of that like fear, tension, pain cycle. And that's why it's great to do what you can do from as early on and just like throw the rest to the wind. Right. Yeah. Just like putting yourself out there. So have a doula. If you're a, if you're a pregnant person, you're like, well, what am I supposed to do? My opinion is that your doula should understand this stuff. And I don't know that they all do, but we're working on that. Like we, one of our like missions is to like teach birth workers, this stuff, because in my opinion, your birth worker should, your doula should give you some suggestions during your pregnancy. So like, for example, I have a client who gave birth a couple of weeks ago and she pushed for a super long time with her last two births. She hired me now for her third. And so she was really worried about the pushing phase. She was like, I, I just always have to push forever. Like I don't. And so I gave her some yeah. specific work related to that issue. So we did some internal rotation work. We did some different things, very specific to that. But we also did, you know, the overall, you know, five pillar approach, but like I focused in on her specific needs as well, which we did at our prenatal visit, like doula visit. Mm-hmm. And then she really, I don't know. I think she pushed for 10 minutes, like, and I'm not saying it's always perfect. There's a lot of factors beyond our control. So, uh, I will say, um, when we, uh, I posted something about this recently in our group and someone asked, like, I did, I did everything right. Like I did all the things and my baby was posterior and I had a cesarean, like what went wrong? And I think that's something important for us to address too, because some stuff's beyond our control. Like maybe that baby had a short cord or maybe that the, I don't know, who knows? Like there's sometimes reasons beyond our control. So I, that's why I always just, I can, we can never promise your baby's going to be in the perfect position, but like you stack the cards in your favor by doing this stuff. And then your birth worker should give you suggestions prenatally. And then during the birth, they should, in my opinion, be able to look at what's going on and make the best educated guess. Cause we don't ever know for sure of what is the thing that they should suggest that you do. So like if someone's having back labor coupling contractions, like very slow progress. Okay. And like a lot of other different things that I, it would take a whole episode to talk about like birth detective work, but like your doula <laughs> should say, okay, I think it should need be your to handle do... at the birth detective. Yeah. It's a good one. I should see what's taken, <laughs> but like they should be able to, to say, okay, I think we need to do the abdominal tuck and lift now, because I think that baby needs to rotate. And I think that baby needs to come down into the pelvis or they need to be able to look at the birthing person and being like, okay, if there's six centimeters, I think progress is kind of delayed. They just had to check the, the provider said that they are like minus one station. All right. We need to do asymmetrical moves. Like they should be able to know that stuff. And I don't think all of them do. Yeah. This is why we all need you at our birth. Yeah. (laughs) Well, like I, I can't go to every birth, but I want to like 
put There's so much you can there. do proactively, right? Yeah. And that's why we, that is why we are training doulas though, with this information, with our body ready method training. Exactly. Um, not a plug for it, which opens no, in a but- few months and is going to be absolutely <laughs> amazing. And every single doula should take it. And all the people listening should recommend it to their doula. But the truth is that um, we want all of uh, we 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 want nothing more than people to be as experienced as you, and to understand kind of the interconnectedness of all of this, right? Yeah, exactly. It's so connected. And, we piecemeal so much, mm-hmm. and you know, I actually get at least two or three DMs a day being like, "Do you know any doulas who know this in Buffalo or in Los Angeles or in I don't know wherever?" The other one was like, "There was just one yesterday." I was like, "Are you in Australia?" And I'm like. No, I'm not. But um, I don't know what made you assume that, but cool. Um, because, and so that's why I'm hoping we'll have like a doula. We're just talking about now. I'm like, we need a doula directory. We need like a birth worker directory of like, these are the people who know this. And I'm not saying we're the only ones teaching this. It's not like our, it's, we need to all understand the biomechanics of the birthing process, the core system and how that relates to the birthing process. And so just kind of bringing all these things together to make things better for pregnant people. Yeah. Yeah. And what I like about, I mean, we're going to wrap it up in a minute, but what I really appreciate about this conversation is that you have tips, like the tips that you give are empowering both to birthing people and also to birth workers. Yeah. It's Um, kind of, we need both. Yeah. And, and so that like birthing people know that like, there's so much they can do to work with this. And then people working with birthing people know that, that they could expand their approach to be like a, like a longer engagement, right? It doesn't have to be like a fire drill. Yeah. Is there anything we always ask our guests, Lindsay and I (laughs) always, always ask our guests if there's anything like they would love for birth professionals to number one, know about this kind of like, what, what could you change? And so Lindsay, what would you tell? I think it's, it's just be proactive versus reactive, have those reactive tools in your back pocket in case they're needed. It's almost like your insurance policy but like work ahead of that, right? Like get yourself so that you don't need to necessarily do all that. Like you can just show up, do the cool washcloths and tell them they're doing a great job and give them a nice back rub. Maybe not even have to do all your tricks, you know? Like mm-hmm. I love, cause I, I think it's so funny how many people hire me for the tricks and then I don't even do the tricks. I have to leave with one story and I know she's given me permission to share it. So I have to share it. So my, my good friend, she's a doula herself. Um, I've been her doula three times and she's like, a she's like, she's my backup doula all the time. Cause she's amazing. She knows all the same stuff as me. Like she gets how bodies work. She had a cesarean with her first and then she had me for the next three all V backs. So this last one, she was starting to kind of doubt herself or like, okay, what's going on? Is this baby going to come? Which most people get to that place. And because we're good friends, I go, Hey, look at me. Do you see me doing anything right now? I'm doing nothing. There is nothing wrong. You know, you know, if I thought I needed to do something, I'd be doing something. I'm just sitting here. I'm doing nothing. And she laughed and her husband laughed because she was doing so great. Like that. No, Cause I was like, there's literally, and she's literally in some of our OSM videos as a model. She's like, was so 
aligned and, and we'll even use her example, like of a pendulous belly. She did have a pendulous belly with, I think her previous, some of her previous births. And this time, like no pendulous belly, she worked on her core system. She did OSM. Not that I'm like plugging the crap out of it, but like, no, she but worked the on point it. is that you didn't need to do anything because she no, was there. I really didn't need to do much. I mean, like I did plenty of things to like encourage her emotionally and keep her comfortable, but like we didn't have to do any fancy things. And I looked at her and I was like, I'm not doing them. Cause I know I don't need them because your baby's about to come out. <laughs> That's so and it, awesome. it was 10 pounds over 10 pounds. That's amazing. That's so awesome. Do you, do you have your clients who are doing OSM? Do you have them do like at 36 weeks, all the things you said that are um, left for the last minute or do you? Yes and no. It depends. Sometimes I will give them specific things related to their previous births or their issues that I see, like I have a good intake. So if somebody, let's say someone, and I've had this before, can't do a Kegel, like they can't lift up their pelvic floor or they have like really bad tailbone pain. I'm like, okay, I wonder if they have some tension in their pelvic floor. And so I might suggest they go see a pelvic PT. Maybe it's not even me. It's just knowing what to tell them or what to suggest they do you know, maybe it's a different That's body. So awesome. Worker. I love how you're looking at the entire picture. Like you're looking at the whole person. Yeah. And you're looking at them as them. You're looking at it as them personally, not as like, these are the three things everyone should do. Yeah. You know what I mean? And totally. so sometimes, and I will say sometimes, maybe I shouldn't even say this, but I'm going to give the secret. <laughs> sometimes you give people extra stuff to do because it makes them feel that they're being proactive and that totally. mentally allows them to relax enough to let go. Yeah. We call you know that I mean? the placebo effect. I exactly. Mean, it, works. it completely works. Yeah. So sometimes, and even sometimes at a birth, I should put this secret out there too. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I, I don't you. think sometimes, I mean, a lot of times when I'm doing something, I'm doing it. Cause I think it's going to like move things along. And, but if it's something that's not going to hurt and will always maybe move things along, but I don't think they really need it. Let's say, I don't think they necessarily need their belly sifted. Cause I'm like, they're going to give birth in an hour. In my opinion, I'm like, you know what they need that release and that sifting will help their nervous system to downregulate in an, enough way that they can relax and be like, my doula's got me. I've got this give birth. So it just did that. It didn't like totally. spin the baby. It just allowed them to relax and know that like, I've got their back. So I love that. And yeah, that, that works amazing wonders right? as well. Yeah. Yeah. I use a lot of similar techniques with my non-pregnant clients just yeah. to just techniques of encouragement because it can feel so discouraging sometimes. Right. Lindsay, you are a wealth of information. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you so much. It was so great to interview you today. I hope you come back on our show. Well, I'll have to have you on my show sometime. So we'll, we'll get each other's contact. Let's info. turn off the camera and talk business next. Okay. <laughs> okay. Linz, thanks so much. It was great. Bye everyone. Bye everyone. Thank you all for listening to the One Strong Mama podcast for birth professionals. If you haven't already, please leave us a rating and a review. We really do appreciate all of the support. If you are a birth worker with an inspiring client or if you have a birth pro in mind that we should definitely chat with, please email us at podcast at onestrongmama.com. Also, make sure to follow us on Instagram at onestrongmamaprenatal for tips for all stages of pregnancy. And definitely join in on the discussion in the One Strong Mama Facebook community group. See you here next time. 
This episode is brought to you by the One Strong Mama program, the game-changing prenatal and postnatal program that prepares the body for pregnancy, birth, and beyond. Based on the Body Ready Method, teaching birth and fitness pros how to assess and train prenatal clients. Go to onestrongmama.com to learn more.